0: Today, on Not Sam Wrestling, my entire experience at WrestleMania weekend, all my interviews for Media Day, and a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling.
1: This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts.
0: Sam Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling post-WrestleMania edition coming straight off of WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday and I have to say I said this on the WWE Twitter spaces I don't know who else I said it to if I saw any of you guys out there in Dallas after going through WrestleMania 1 through 37 there is no doubt in my mind that I am going to have to alter my best WrestleMania list ever. Now, of course, recency bias is right there. So I'm not going to sit there and tell you this was, you know, top five or whatever. I don't think you can make that statement just yet. I think a year from now, I'll be able to better make that statement. But when the WWE just decides to deliver... They just decide to deliver. And to me, that's exactly what they did this weekend. So before I get into the interviews that I did uh, at Media Day, and uh, that'll be with Becky Lynch, Corey Graves, uh, Imperium, Rhea Ripley, a whole bunch of people, Sami Zayn. Uh, By the way, all those interviews, uh, some of them are already up at youtube.com slash not sam wrestling all of them will be uh within the next couple days so make sure you're subscribed to that channel uh and while you're checking too, make sure that you're uh, a patreon member if you want to get everything first uh, a bunch of those interviews went up first at patreon.com slash not sam wrestling and the guys were doing some fun stuff over there during uh wrestlemania weekend so check that out i'll tell you what my weekend was like okay i'm still in dallas At the time of this recording, that's why the podcast is coming out a little bit later. uh, Time of this recording, it's uh, kind of late-ish in the morning on Monday. I just finished doing the radio show, uh, and I'm heading back to New York soon. But basically, I got here on Wednesday night, and I'm staying at the hotel, and I get to the hotel. I walk in the door and the first person that I see is I'm looking to find where one would check in. The first person that I see that I know from this world is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I said, it's time to celebrate. It's WrestleMania weekend. Stone Cold is here. He's, of course, being very, very gracious, taking pictures with fans. I walked up to him after he was done taking the photos. Of course, I didn't want to bug anybody. But I walk up to him and... uh I go, Steve, man, it is great to see you. And immediately, by the way, of course, I'm a fan. I was looking to see what kind of shape he was in. His arms were looking all big. I mean, you saw him. I could tell he was ready to go. And I go, Steve, it's so good to see you. And he goes, Sam, how the hell are you? And like Stone Cold Steve Austin greeting me by name will never, get old. If that had been the only thing that happened the entire weekend, if something had happened, if I got to the hotel and it's like, oh, you don't have a room here. Actually, you have to go back to New York. You can't be here at all. I'd go, well, at least I had my one moment. At least I had my greeting and my conversation with Stone Cold. Wake up on on Thursday morning. I got to go straight to the Access Superstore, which it was interesting because I think that people were kind of bummed that there was no access. But if you went to the Access Superstore, it was basically, I mean, it wasn't even that much smaller. It was a slightly smaller version of Access, but it really, I mean, it was pretty much just access with the store built into it, you know? They had Call a Match with a commentator. Vic Joseph was there for a while. Uh, Andy from NXT UK was over there. They had uh, uh, Do Your Entrance. And by the way, the amazing thing about this superstore is uh, by I think by Saturday night after WrestleMania Saturday, but at least by Sunday morning because I know I just went over on Sunday morning to check it out. Not only on Sunday morning did they already have Cody Rhodes T-shirts all over the place, but in the pick and entrance, like you know, redo an entrance setup. They already had Cody's theme and video so that you could reenact Cody's entrance. And the only entrance we've ever seen is the WrestleMania entrance. But it was so weird. Like, walking around, I was like, wait, I recognize that music because this is AEW music, obviously. And I realized that they had already got his pick and entrance ready. It was so cool. Uh, they had the Undertaker stuff all set up. A ton of great stuff for the Hall of Fame and, and A&E's Most Wanted Treasures exhibit. It's kind of a dual-branded thing now. Uh, and a bunch of the stuff from that show, like uh, the Undertaker's mask and and Mankind's shirt and a bunch of the stuff. that Ric Flair's robe, the butterfly robe, that was all there. And, of course, the store and everything. And the Mattel booth that was full of reveals. Uh, I got to see a whole bunch of the new Mattel figures and... Got to do a video that I'm sure, if it's not already on the WWE's YouTube channel, will be there soon. Kind of going over everything that they have coming out with brand new member of the Elite Squad, Tommaso Ciampa. So that was a blast on Thursday. Getting to do that. Tooling around Dallas for a while. Uh, Thursday night... Went over because it's like, hey, I'm here. I got no shows tonight. On Thursday night, I went over and uh, checked out Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 1. Got to see my buddy X-Pac who like, dude, in that match, first of all, he's wrestling with a torn bicep and he's. X-Pac, he hasn't wrestled in years, aside from one match that was a tag match with, of course, uh, uh, Brian Myers and uh, Matt Cardona, you know, a couple of, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, where Joey Janela turned on him. So this was the big match with Janela and uh, X-Pac. And, dude, I mean, X-Pac just doesn't wrestle like a legend. X-Pac wrestles like he's still... Active every day. I mean, he he he's it, everything was hard hitting and close and 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 just awesome. The bumps were hard. It looked so great. X Pac looked so great. It was so fun to see um, and to check that out. Friday, uh, Friday was an early wake up because Friday was media day. That's where I'll play a bunch of the interviews. Me and the old hot dog went to media day, where basically they have. A bunch of us uh, media types, journalists as some would call them, but I don't see how you could justify crediting me as a journalist. Uh, but nonetheless, if you don't know what the definition of the word journalist is, then the, I would be a journalist. Uh, we were there. It was a lot of international press, and then a lot of uh, a lot of wrestling press was there. Uh, the fellas from Barstool were there, Robbie, and uh, uh, what's-his-face, Brandon Walker from... Wrestling, uh, the busted open guys were there: Dave Lagreca, um, Sean Rossap, and Fightful, and Denise, and the gorilla Position. The UK podcast was back in formation after not being on the air for a long time. Everybody was there. It was like a wrestling media reunion. Uh, so I got my interviews done there, and that was a that was a fun morning. I had to go to the mall after that because I realized I hadn't packed a belt or a tie. I, I brought two suits, no belt, no tie. So I had to go do that. They charged me so much for that tie. They saw me coming a mile away. Tried raising canes for the first time. It was amazing. Had it two days in a row. And Bill McKenna from Mattel was mad both days because I didn't share any with him. Uh, went out to uh, barbecue that night, I believe. I did not go to the Hall of Fame. And I'll tell you why. I watched the Hall of Fame uh, on Peacock from the hotel, but I didn't go to the Hall of Fame because I had an obscenely early wake-up call for NXT Stand and Deliver, which I'll tell you about in a second. But I uh, went out to barbecue with uh, the Cheap Heat fellas, with SGG and Peter Rosenberg and uh, uh, Dip. It was mage. It was not mage Jace. It was mage. Came home. Watched the Hall of Fame induction. And now we're getting into the real events of WrestleMania. And, of course, I watched SmackDown, too. But the real events of WrestleMania, that Hall of Fame induction ceremony is, like, I feel like finally the prototype for what these things should be. I thought the time allotted for people was perfect. Everything. it It was the beginning of a trend that I think the WWE had this weekend where it was just... Time to deliver Sometimes WWE decides Let's just deliver on everything To the highest level And they just knock it out of the park You know the Steiner Brothers speech Was fun and short The way it should be The Vader speech was touching to, To honor Shad Gaspar JTG and his family being there Was incredible But then the highlight of that The Vince speech Which was great going into The Undertaker speech, and that Undertaker speech, man, that could have gone on all night. That's where the time should have been allotted, and it was. I thought it was incredible. I was so happy for The Undertaker because I felt like the fact that he got that retirement ceremony with hologram Paul Bearer in front of nobody at the Thunderdome was just not fair. You know, I mean, it's like, those are big moments. His last match and his retirement ceremony... We're both done without an audience. So I mean in the building. So the fact that he got that Hall of Fame and that ovation that he got just standing there in the ring and getting however many minutes it was of people just applauding everything that he's done was so perfect and fitting and and I was just so happy to see him get that. The speech was great being the real person, but talking about the, the people that he's wrestled and the people that he's teamed with and the people that he's worked with backstage and the way he structured it into the three mental uh, moves, the three mental finishing moves that that he utilizes every day. I just yeah, I thought it was uh, really, really special It's one of those Hall of Fame speeches that I think people will be talking about for a very long time. Now, the reason I didn't go uh, in person is because it was late. And, you know, I mean, it was late. But also, I think the fact that it was on late and it was on after SmackDown made it so that, that there was an importance to the ceremony not being long. Less people went in than usual. And the speeches were shorter. And I think that's the way it should be going forward. You know, I mean, there've been too many hall of fame ceremonies where like, I remember when Goldberg went in and it was like, the night had gone on so incredibly long that by the time Goldberg went up to give his speech, the room was like empty. Like, so many of the, the WWE people on the floor had left, like there are aerial shots of how many empty seats there are. And it's like, that's not right for the for the headliner of the Hall of Fame class to not have the people there to hear the speech is like it's a bummer. So I'm glad they did it this way. I thought they did a really great job, uh, but I had to wake up. I already you can probably tell from this weekend. It's not a sleep filled weekend, but I had to be up. And in my suit, I like to arrive in my suit uh, with my new belt and tie because uh, I had to get out of the hotel at 6.30 in the morning. Call time for NXT Stand and Deliver was 7 a.m. Because the pre-show was going live, live, not live to tape, live, live, live at 11 a.m. on Saturday so that the show show could start at noon local time on Saturday and, you know, get out the door by 3 p.m. local time. I had so much fun being back in an arena for NXT. I thought uh, Mackenzie Mitchell, no shocker, knocked it out of the park. So great working with her on these shows uh, and having great guests on the pre-show, you know. Uh, Akbar from American Ninja Warrior in The Talk, getting to share... A little bit of time with Beth Phoenix is just, it's legendary. It's so freaking cool, uh, and just getting to hype up the show. It was a really fun show to do. It was fun to be back on the stage, fun to be back in an arena. Uh, had a blast. Got to sit down in the arena for most of Stand and Deliver, and I was really pleasantly surprised. You know, first I was pleasantly surprised by the crowd. Uh, obviously, the arena it wasn't you know sold out or anything like that. I don't think it was ever intended to be sold out, but it looked like over five thousand people were there. Like it was, it was a lot of people. And for a lot of those superstars, it was their first time performing in front of that many people. Like, it blew my mind, but I was talking to MSK before the show, and they were like, this is our first time performing in an arena proper. Like, we've wrestled in big rooms before, but never in an arena. And I was like, wow, I didn't even consider that just because, you know, they've been in NXT for so long, but of course have had such a career prior to NXT that I guess I would not put two and two together. I was just thinking of the performance center athletes, but yeah, a lot of them hadn't been in an arena before. Um, you know, I thought everything was really good on the show. The show, I, I I think it's one of those sleepers. I would recommend going to check it out at some point this week. You know, it's just a fun wrestling show to watch. Um, the ladder match was incredible to open the show with that ladder match. The, ah, the tag team triple threat was great. The women's fatal four way was really good. And then I-, I thought the main event was so perfect. Uh, the champa moment. Let's talk about that champa moment. First of all, our pal, A- AJ Galanti, getting to be out there. I mean, we were talking about Pat living his dream at WrestleMania. I can tell you straight up. A.J. Galante's dream came true. Of course, the former president of the Danbury Trashers, who I've had in the Not Sam studio, not on this podcast, but you can see the interview I did with him on YouTube, where he talks about how much he loves, loves, loves wrestling, and he had such a good time being there, but I mean, the moment of all moments was Tommaso Ciampa saying goodbye to NXT and being embraced by Triple H up there uh, at the end of that uh, as a surprise to Tommaso was so, so cool. First of all, so good to see Triple H back in action this weekend. And, uh, you know, being at Stand and Deliver and then being at WrestleMania, it's just uh, so great. Looking healthy, looking big. It's awesome to see him back where he's at. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Champa. You know, we were speculating on the pre-show if he was going to retire or not. Uh, I hope... He ends up on the main roster. I'd love to see him on a Raw or SmackDown. I just want to see what the next chapter is, you know? I think that the, I think there's a lot that that guy can do. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, and then the main event was perfect. You know, it was really interesting because I felt like they set up Stand and Deliver as if it was kind of a, a, a changing of the guard a little bit. You know, we had uh, new tag champs. We said goodbye to champ. Uh, you know, we had all this stuff going on, but... And, and, and it felt like it was being set up for Braun Breaker to win the title back. And even when the match was made, I mean, I think we talked about it on the podcast that my idea that, that this is the way it should happen was that Dolph Ziggler was becoming NXT champion so that Braun Breaker could have his moment in an arena, and then he didn't. And then Dolph Ziggler, even after the show was going the way it was going, still... Retained. He beat Braun Breaker. I mean, who knows? Maybe Braun Breaker is headed up to the main roster. Maybe Braun Breaker is a Raw after WrestleMania superstar. Or we're just continuing on the storyline. But either way, I mean, I I thought it was something that's going to make you want to watch and see what's next. Because now it's like, you know, you kind of assumed that Dolph was a, a, a guy who was in NXT for a short run building up to Stand and Deliver. But now... I mean, he's the for real, for real NXT champion. So we'll see where it goes. From there, got on a bus, went straight to the stadium, Dallas Stadium, and went to WrestleMania 38. And I mean, what a time. I got there, uh, filmed some stuff for a couple of different documentaries, which, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll see the light of day. Maybe they won't. Um, But... I had so much fun like getting to see everybody, getting to say hello to everybody again, getting to hang out with people, not only the WWE superstars, but the people who work behind the scenes at WWE, all the like wrestling fans of note that I've known over the years, everyone was back. It really felt like, you know, last year they were in front of an audience, but it was half a stadium. It was their first time in front of an audience. A lot of people weren't traveling year before that, obviously, it was an empty building. Uh, it felt like this one was two years in the making. It felt like everyone had been waiting for this one. And, and like I said at the top of this, it really, really delivered. Um, I ended up uh, sitting with the incredible people, Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menunos. I sat with them for a good chunk of it. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I decided very early on, that for WrestleMania, I, w- I was going to just be in the crowd for basically the whole show. I went back and, and and talked to some people after their matches just because I wanted to tell them that they did a great job and, and yeah, you know, but, but f- for the most part, I was out there on the floor and for the majority, a little bit of time with uh, the cheap heat guys, with Rosenberg and with Dip, a uh, uh, little bit of time uh, with... I don't know, a whole bunch of different people. But most of the time, it was with Maria and Kevin. Because, like... And I know that there were points where you could see us on TV. Maria Menounos. I mean, I think that maybe... Some people think that, you know, she's just one of these celebrities that kind of jumps on the WWE bandwagon. She's as big a wrestling fan as you're ever going to find. She wrestled, by the way, 10-year anniversary this WrestleMania from her WrestleMania match that she had, I guess, at 28 is when it would have been. But it was so fun getting to watch the show with her because she was just like me. Like, she just becomes a little kid. She gets so in to everything that's going on, especially, uh, especially... When it's Stone Cold coming out. um, Let's talk about these WrestleMania shows. Because, like I said, I was kind of blown away as it was happening. I was kind of waiting for the bottom to fall out or for disappointment to kick in. And it really, really didn't. Um, You know, we started with the tag match. I really hope that Rick Boogs is okay. um, Because that act is just so good. You know, it's 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 so over with fans and, and everything going on. I I was glad that the Usos won, but I was sad that Rick Boogs got injured. Um, Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin two big moments here. Firstly, and apparently I was reading on the internet that Drew McIntyre was supposed to have a different in- entrance, but decided not to, or something. I don't know. But uh I thought Drew looked like a million bucks here. Uh, Kicking out of the end of days. I don't love that. I felt like the end of days was what Happy Corbin had. You know, I feel like Happy Corbin is in that position where he will lose matches. He is kind of that heel that the babyface beats on his way to becoming champion. but Or getting the championship match. But as long as nobody kicked out of the end of days, he always had that. And I think it, it added a lot to his, to his credibility. Um, so I was bummed. I was bummed that drew kicked out of it. I guess if anyone's going to kick out of it, it's good that it's Drew. but I just, I just, I love those things being intact. I honestly thought it was awesome when drew cut the ropes in half. I love tricks like that, especially at WrestleMania. It's so much fun. Uh, Miz and Logan Paul over Rey Mysterio and Dominic. I think everybody was thinking the same thing about Logan Paul. Like, I don't think most people realized how good that dude was going to be. I got real happy when he wore his Pokemon card around his neck to the ring. But, I mean, not only was he good in the ring in terms of timing and everything, uh, but the fact that he stole Rey's moves that are a tribute to Eddie Guerrero was just the most dastardly thing in the world. Disgusting. I like that The Miz turned on him. Uh, I'm interested to see how they work out between Logan Paul and The Miz, who the heel is. I I mean, I guess it's The Miz, but uh, you know, I'm glad that The Miz is getting the opportunity to face Logan Paul. I mean, I'm assuming, right? You'd have to assume at some point there's going to be that singles match. I don't know if they wait until July at Money in the Bank when they've got another stadium or if they do it before then, but I think it'll be good when it happens. I I don't know if people will cheer for Logan Paul. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but we'll see. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch might have been one of the best straight matches of the night. Obviously, the right person won, Bianca Belair. Uh It'll be interesting to see where Becky goes from here, if she's going to try to get that rematch against Bianca or if her story moves into a different direction. But, yeah, I mean, this is one of those eight months in the making, Bianca getting crowned, and just, just such a, a pleasure to watch that match. Now, speaking of pleasure, this is where we get to Seth Rollins and, and a mystery opponent. And, you know, I think a lot of people... Because everybody read about, everybody read on the internet that Shane McMahon was going to be there, and he wasn't even shown on camera if he was at the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he was or not, but uh, there were people who thought uh, there was a lot of speculation as to maybe it won't be Cody, right? Because WWE does do that stuff sometimes. One theory I heard uh, buzzing around was maybe it'll be the Fiend. And do you, what do you think? The, how do you think the crowd will react if it is the Fiend? And I think if it was the Fiend, the crowd would have reacted. But there would have been this sort of like, okay, well, we're still waiting for Cody because, you know, that the answer on what is Cody doing I think has been on the minds of a lot of people. Uh, there was also one theory that it was going to be like Shane McMahon gets introduced, he's a swerve, here comes Cody Rhodes, which I never bought into. Like, the whole point of bringing Cody back... Would be to do exactly what they did, which is to just make the moment about him. Put him on a pedestal. Don't make it like a weird, complicated thing where uh he's a Vince guy tonight and blah blah blah. It's just like this is the real story of Cody being in the WWE again is far too compelling to mush it up with like you know, unnecessary drama. I I thought it was done just right. Uh I was I was kind of surprised that he came back with the AEW music, the AEW gear. I think ultimately it did make the impact, uh, the the moment more impactful. The fact that the first thing you see is that American Nightmare logo that we've seen on the competitors television, that we've seen on AEW Dynamite and Rampage and everything, you know, the fact that like same gear, same music, same act. The American Nightmare, it's the same character that was in AEW is now over here in WWE it's pretty remarkable loved the reference to Stardust the cartwheel and the thing with the hands and then when he started like jabbing and I realized he was doing the bionic elbow I was like oh, so great I thought this match was was terrific and I'm looking forward to seeing what Cody Rhodes says on Monday Night Raw I listened to some of the interviews and stuff that he did with various uh, media outlets and WWE itself and you know, there is some speculation as to the complicated nature of his contract and the fact that, you know, what he was offered, he made it pretty clear it wasn't just a money deal. It was a level of confidence in Cody's ability to be a star in WWE and, and a level of... The things that I was not happy about with this place before I may not be subjected to anymore. I don't know if that means he has a little more say in what he does. I don't know if that means he gets to use the stuff that he retains ownership of, like the tattoo and um, like the logo and the song and everything. Uh, uh, You know, I I don't know. I don't know if he's guaranteed a certain number of main events. I, I would love to know. I would love to know, but Seth Rollins got to remind everybody how good he is as well. Uh, they went about 20 minutes, and it was, a, it was a great 20 minutes. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Charlotte defeating Ronda Rousey, that was a surprise. This was Ronda's first big match. I'm glad Charlotte retained the title, to tell you the truth. I think Ronda needs to turn heel. I don't think that the good guy thing is working at all. Um, I think that Ronda needs to turn heel, Uh and I thought, I thought they did a good job with the way that Charlotte won, where there's still some doubt. We don't know for sure, but, you know, ultimately, Charlotte won the match, Charlotte's the queen, Charlotte's the champion. And then, dude, the moment the glass shattered with Steve Austin did not disappoint. Kevin Owens is out there. He's rallying against the Texas crowd. KO show is all set up. Austin comes out, glass shatters, first pop. He's going side of the stage, side of the stage. He leaves the, the the area. Kevin Owens is laughing at him, implying that he's a coward. Austin comes out on the ATV. Austin rides the four-wheeler down to the ring and starts doing loops. Another pop. Yeah! Austin gets in the ring and he's staring down Kevin Owens. This is stone cold. This is not Steve Austin making a guest appearance. This is not a guy who's showed up to throw a boot and a stunner and leave. When I I saw Steve Austin backstage a little bit before the match, and when I saw him walking around and he was pacing and he was getting into the right frame of mind and he was wearing his Austin 316 shirt and he was wearing his denim shorts and his knee braces, and his black wrist tape. I said, oh my God. I am looking at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Never in my life did I think I would get to stand in a locker room and watch Stone Cold prepare for the main event. And it's exactly what I got to see. Because when he got in the ring, Kevin Owens and Amy were talking, and then Kevin says, this isn't about doing the Kevin Owens show. I didn't invite you to do a show. I invited you to challenge you to a match. And the two of them went like 12, 13 minutes. They actually did a no holds barred match and it was a real match. I made this observation on the Twitter spaces, but I I think, but Austin throwing those boots at the beginning when the crowd was counting along and you were like, oh, I wonder if he's doing that just to cover the fact that he's a little slower now. And then at seven or eight, he goes, ah, eh, eh, and he speeds it right up and starts stopping, 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 stopping. Oh. So cool. The ride up the up the ramp where Kevin Owens is draped across the four wheeler. How about Stone Cold Steve Austin taking bumps on the stage and the concrete? I mean, it was incredible. It ended perfectly. It was this moment where everybody in the audience, and this is, this is like the magic. This is when WWE really hits. This is the magic of WWE that nobody else is able to replicate. That moment was everybody in the audience, everybody at ringside, every WWE employee, everybody was on the same page, and everybody was just fans of this thing again. I passed by a cameraman that's probably been at WWE for 20 or 30 years. And he tapped me on the shoulder and he was flipping out because he had a crushed beer can that Austin had threw. I was like, that's that's what this is about. Nobody is jaded in this moment. Nobody is over it. Nobody feels like they've been here before. Everybody's a kid again. And it was so... Pr- I mean, that uh, Maria and I were losing our minds throughout this whole segment. It was so great. After the show, I stuck around in the locker room for a while uh, to do Twitter spaces with Ryan Popola and uh, Wade Barrett to kind of break down the show. And then, yeah, I was one of the last to leave on Saturday night. Got in the bus, headed back to the hotel. I was completely buzzed from a night of wrestling uh, went and hung out in the hotel barski for a while saw a ton of people again you know uh, a ton of the people that I've been hanging out with for the weekend some of the WWE guys it was great wake up on Sunday take it easy sleep in a little bit for the first time try to get you know six or seven hours of sleep just to just to just to recharge the batteries a little bit Um Headed over to Access for a little while just to check it out. Got some nachos. Did the thing. Saw uh, Andy from NXT UK. Hung out with him for a little bit. Then uh, I saw the Mattel guys. I don't think Bill was over there at that time, but uh, Steve and Rob were both over there. Hung out with them for a little bit. It was great. Headed back to the hotel. Got the old tech ski. I wasn't on the pre-show on Sunday, so I got to take my time. I said... Maria, let me know when you're going over, you know? Let me know when they're making Maria Menounos show up. I'll head over with you. So I got to head over with Maria and Kevin, and this time x pot came with us. So the four of us jumped in a car, headed down to the stadium, got to, got to really take it in because, you know, with the NXT thing, I think I got there a little later and also was doing documentary stuff right away. So I didn't really get a chance to take it in before doors opened. But Sunday was when, uh, I got to see, uh, uh, some of the guys that I, I had worked with in, in Jersey, all pro Bandito, (laughs) Bandito, Eddie, and, uh and referee Sean Matt Bennett, whatever his shooting working name is, and uh, uh, take some photos with them, take a photo at ringside, take a photo on the ramp. Super, I mean, just amazing. Just getting to put your feet on the WrestleMania ramp. For me, is like a religious experience. And then I was jumping around again, you know. I spent some time with Evan Mack from the Mack Mania on the ringer. Sitting with him, you know, on the floor there and and, and more of the WWE guys, more of the cheapy guys. Spent a little time with Ariel Hawani. Sitting with him. Back over to the Maria seats. It was so much fun just going and seeing everybody. Uh, the Triple H moment. I think everybody will remember that forever, putting the boots down. I, I was, I, I'm glad that Triple H got that. You know, Triple H's gotten a lot, but Triple H deserves even more. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he got the moment to put his boots down and, and officially, symbolically say goodbye to active competition in front of the WWE universe. The Triple Threat Tag Championship match was just gold. You know, the, the double RKO first with, with Randy, um, first with Riddle doing the RKO off the top rope, a thing of beauty. And then Randy catching Chad Gable again. And then following it up with the uh, Gable Stevenson jumping over and, and suplexing Chad Gable. We got some physicality from two time NCAA champion, Olympic gold I think he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's an Olympian anyway. Chad Gable. I think uh, Gable stevenson I think he's an Olympic gold medalist uh, doing the thing. And, and man, who would have thought that at WrestleMania 38, Randy Orton would just be a confirmed baby face? And it's one of the best things he's ever done. Like, people love it. And it's so good. I was shocked, to tell you the truth, the Bobby Lashley beat almost. I feel like Bobby Lashley must be getting tuned up to be an opponent for Roman Reigns because that's the only reason I could think of to really make him look this strong against somebody that you've been building as much as you've been building almost but yeah i mean you know Bobby Lashley's the dude so i i i hope that almost can rebuild cuz i'm i'm a fan of almost i think he's really good the Johnny Knoxville Sami Zayn match was incredible and it was incredible because it showed what Sami Zayn is capable of Sami Zayn took that and turned it in to one of the most memorable matches of the weekend. I mean, it was so perfect. The lead up to it was so great. Only Sami Zayn could have made the lead up as good as he made it and then follow it up with a match this good. And I was thinking about it too. Like when the lights went out and we, you know, one of the video packages went on and nobody was on the air anymore. It was just the live crowd that could see and only the people really sitting close up because the lights were out. Sammy was still acting as if he was trapped under that mouse trap until somebody until somebody let him out. There's no like dropping the character when the lights go out. As long as you're in front of eyeballs, you're still working. It was it was great. Uh congratulations to Sasha Banks and Naomi, great Fatal 4-way. Edge versus AJ. Super good match. I think lived up to expectations. Super interested in seeing what happens with Edge and Damian Priest going forward. Uh, I was pretty shocked that Sheamus and Ridge Holland beat the New Day in a minute and 40 seconds. I mean, I know it's a bummer that they got knocked off the show the night before, but I don't know. I mean, I guess New Day getting the entrance is a good thing. I don't know that they want to get beat in a minute 40, but clearly... Sheamus, Ridge Holland and Butch are to the moon right now. Uh, they made way for the Pat McAfee segment. Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, Mr. McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin. When you talk about perfect segments, you know, and, and stuff that didn't go too long. It was just the right amount of time. You had room for Pat to, to show off his spectacular athleticism doing that backflip off the top rope, doing the jump up to the top rope. Hurricane Rana in there, huh? Somebody taught Pat McAfee how to hurricane Rana. Beating Austin Theory, Mr. McMahon coming in, ripping off that shirt in front of everybody. I thought Austin Theory could have done a little bit more damage to Pat McAfee to believe that Mr. McMahon could beat him. But regardless, Mr. McMahon beat him uh, and, and... Thought he was going to walk out of there WrestleMania winner, but Austin coming in and stunning, stunning Austin Theory in one of the best stunner cells ever. That goes right up there with The Rock, with Scott Hall. But Vince McMahon received the worst stunner. I mean, it was the worst stunner receiver I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe he outdid himself. I mean, Stone Cold was laughing at how bad Mr. McMahon was at landing that stunner. I thought it was great. It didn't take away from the moment at all. If anything, it kind of added to it. It was awesome. However, and then McAfee eating a stunner. Oh, of all the dream gigs, eating a stunner at WrestleMania, what could be better? I was happy for Byron. The Byron got to eat that uh, WrestleMania stunner the night before, and I was equally happy, if not more so, because, you know, Pat's my dude. But, Yeah. Really, really awesome that that went down the way it went down. Uh, and Stone Cold again. I mean, he's not done. There's no way. Austin's not done. Austin felt it. Austin knows. I think Austin may go on a kind of version of the run that Hogan went on when he came back to be the Hulkamania guy. Uh, Hulk still rules, you know. I think uh, I think Austin may be back for a couple of matches. I don't think we've seen the last of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do not think his last match was in Dallas. I think we'll see him, we may see him in Saudi Arabia, we may see him at WrestleMania next year. I don't think we're done. And then to follow that, Brock and Roman followed that. And you know, I mean, I, I I just thought the story going into this was so great and it was such a great moment for Roman Reigns. I know some people were upset, they thought Brock Lesnar should have won. I saw it on my Twitter mentions after I did the Twitter spaces last night. But realistically, man... Following last year's WrestleMania, there's only one thing to do, and it's like, yeah, at some point, somebody's got to beat Roman Reigns, but I don't think that it's been too long. I think Roman is still hot, and I also don't think Brock's the guy to beat him. I think the right thing happened. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. Brock goes away for a while. If I am booking it, I have Brock going away for a while, and then Brock coming back, but coming back as a heel and teaming with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman building this new two-man power trip until maybe eventually, you know, maybe Roman turn no, Brock turns on Roman and that's how eventually you get Roman to babyface? I don't know, but either way, we're in a fine position to put Roman Reigns in the main event of next year's WrestleMania against The Rock. It's what we all want. Let's get her done. After WrestleMania, I went in the locker room and did Twitter spaces with Ryan Popola and Sonia Deville, who both were great. Then I headed back to the hotel, headed to the bar for like a second with Maria and Kevin, and then went right back upstairs because I had to start doing my prep work so I could do my radio show with Jim Norton this morning and come on here and let you guys know how the weekend went. In case you can't tell, it was a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of fun. I was like filled with gratitude the, the entire time. So great. I can't wait to do it again next year. One of my favorite things to get to do at WrestleMania is to talk to some of the superstars and share those conversations with you. So why don't we go to Becky Lynch? Why don't we go to Rhea Ripley, Imperium, Corey Graves, and Jimmy Hart here I'm not Sam Wrestling. This is from WrestleMania Media Day. Well, clearly, it's WrestleMania weekend.
2: Clearly. The Raw
0: Women's Champion. Big time. Bex is here. And I mean... Becky Lynch, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody recover so well from a haircut that they didn't intend to get.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I can't just go around looking like like anybody else. I can't go around looking like normal with a bob with a freaking Bailey bob on me. You right, know, I had to right. I had to do something wild. So jokes on her, I look cool.
0: Yeah, it's like a style mullet.
2: Yeah, yeah. it is a mullet. It is a mullet. That's and, that's 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 the inspiration.
0: I mean, this ensemble. This morning for those, you know, watching, you know, it's whatever time you want it to be, but it's early in the morning. It is you, early in the morning. This is just how you roll Sorry, 24 bro. hours, pretty much? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get
2: rolled out of bed,
0: into this suit, Yeah.
2: freaking shot myself with a makeup gun, here we are. Boom, here we yeah. go. I figured that it might be still like- on
0: from last night. <laughs> like, let's go, right? The rock
2: star, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you. Do you feel like that's a big part of what made the man special and what's made big time special is that you seem like the minute there was real traction and the minute it was like, oh, I'm becoming a rock star. You stepped into it. There oh, was no, yeah. There was no like, ooh I don't know. Ooh, I don't. You were like, yep, this is, be, is my time. You got to go with it. Man. I'm gonna take it. Of
2: course. Yeah. yeah. This is what you dream of. And 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 wrestlers, rock stars, they, they're synonymous with each other. With the same. With the same. But you really got to go all out. You got to just take risks sometimes. And uh, and I'm all about them calculated
0: risks. Actually, sometimes not even calculated, just risks. <laughs> yeah. That's. What I mean, coming back at SummerSlam and and and. It could have been one of those moments where everybody was like, oh, when's Becky coming back? When's Becky coming back? And you came back and you disappointed the fan base. Yeah, it wasn't it great. You got people <laughs> really upset <laughs> and cry then,
2: about it. Here's, yeah, here's what I love. I'll build a sailboat and, and sail along on your tears all the way to my mountaintop <laughs> with my title.
0: You did, and people went like this. They went, This doesn't make any sense to me. Becky's not gonna get booed. Becky's not gonna be a villain. We're not gonna we're not gonna hate Becky. And then you came out and you were like, I, I feel like you showed up going, I've, I've proven that I can be your favorite. I need to prove that I can do this too. And then you went ahead and did it. I mean, people That's are booing you, doing. Becky. People yeah. are, people are they frustrated don't like by me. you. No, they don't, they
2: like, don't like me. They, they don't like me. Like well, you. good, I don't like you either. How about them apples?
0: That's rough. That's rough, it's really hostile, and it sounds worse with an Irish accent for some reason.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I think most things do, especially when they've got a little bit of venom in them, and when they've got a frickin' scratchy throat, thank you Bianca!
0: Well, you probably gave her a scratchy throat as well. You... An
2: eye for an eye, a throat for a throat. She did it to me first.
0: Yes. What goes on in your brain? Are you thinking about the Wrestlemania match already? We're two days out at this point. Are you... It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow It's Friday isn't it It's tomorrow You are thinking about it Yes
2: of course You are thinking about it It's tomorrow
0: Yeah Yeah How long do you think about A match like that Not just in general terms But when you start thinking about What is this going to feel like What is this going to look like What am I going to do What are the moments going to be Is that something like Weeks out You're like oh Yeah I'm going to save that Oh yeah I'm going to save that
2: Yeah Yeah Weeks out Weeks out Months out Depending on on, Depending I I think as soon as I know Who my opponent is I'm Mm -hmm. already thinking And 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 even before I know who my opponent is, I'm imagining. Well, if my opponent was this person, this would be a really good way to yeah. start or finish it.
0: How do you drop the bravado, right? Because you gotta you gotta be a mom.
2: What bravado? Got- <laughs> this is me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the just... time, big time, all the time. No, no. I'm... But anyway, continue. If uh, I was a mom who look, was a regular person, what would I be like? Well, like
0: because I have a wife, right? Yeah. We have kids, and I'm like But they're the best, aren't they? The, I mean, they're the best. The, greatest thing in the world they're so weird but like (laughs) also i don't think i could maintain a bravado around my kids yes right like it'd be instantly like they know they're in full control oh yeah they've got me wrapped around their fingers like as soon as you step through that curtain is it like is it when you leave the building or is it when you see your baby like what, what what strips it all down i
2: suppose it depends i suppose it depends sometimes it's you know Sometimes it's when I step through the curtain. Some, sometimes it's when I go back to the bus and hang out with the baby. Probably when I step through the curtain, but um most likely when I step through the curtain. But 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 isn't that the funny thing about babies? Like you think that you're the like or Or at least when I was a kid, I always thought my parents were the boss i didn 't realize that I was the boss this whole time, <laughs> yeah. and then I think yeah. it changes my perspective on life yeah. because if i didn 't know I was the boss then, and I most certainly was the boss then, right because just, just depending on how I view her, right like right. I am I am at her mercy, any whim, any whimper, any cry, whatever she needs i'm there you okay what's going on and so and so really. I am the, I, I, then I am way more powerful than I ever thought possible. Yeah. Because if I was a little kid that didn't know nothing and was already in charge of, of stuff, oh. then right now I'm in charge of the whole damn world. Yes. And and, and, yes. and that's big time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, pretty and, pretty much.
0: And when you go to these WWE live events, right, I notice, you know, I've been going forever, right? And like I look at the audience and yeah. like there's more families now coming than I've seen in years. Like it's a family show. And I'm looking at all these kids and all these little girls and I feel like you coming out and running the show is probably gonna that's something that they're gonna take home with them. And realize like no I I'm big time in this house yeah this is my house
2: yeah I'm sorry for all the parents out <laughs> there but yeah but but yes it's right that's the goal and that's what you want you know yes you want these little kids growing up and knowing that they have authority but but not too much authority not when it's my house
0: <laughs> right but that I mean that's probably hopeless right no it's I not
2: mean, it's hopeless. hopeless in my house it's not hopeless this is the problem right she's got all the authority
0: yeah I know I know, I get it. She's
2: freaking 16
0: months. Especially daughters. We had a son, and I was like, this kid runs the house like this. And then we had a daughter, and I was like, oh, I thought it was bad before. Like, I might as well sign the deed away. Yeah, yeah. It's over. Yeah, yeah, especially
2: for dads, I think. Even (laughs) even
0: worse, so yeah. Now, um, where does one find uh, this much fringe? Well,
2: this, a fine Italian... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry,
0: uh, my throat is still a little scratchy. No. A
2: fine Italian company sent it to me, and um, and I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. All the companies wanting to get aboard big time, you know.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like when you when you think about the things that you've done, like I mean, you're driving a truck around. I'm driving a truck around. You know, before, like, do you feel like uh, raising the stakes? The way you keep raising the stakes is putting you in a position where it's like, okay, I got to deliver. I got to keep figuring out how to take it a level up and take it a level up.
2: Yeah. Is well, that difficult? Yeah, I no, mean, well, I love it. I just, love it. I love the creativity. I love the pressure. Um, I, yeah, you don't want to stay stagnant ever ever in life right and 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 certainly not in your career and especially in your professional career which has a finite number you know this uh, this ain't ballet we're not going to be doing it forever and so so when i'm here and when i'm doing it and when i have a chance to to run with it like what can i do that's interesting that's 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 groundbreaking that gets people's attention and that's a really cool fun spot to be in
0: when you realize that like Bianca had a moment last year, right? Yeah. Bianca and Sasha Banks was a WrestleMania moment. It was the main event that everybody was talking about. It was like this is it. You've got Bianca this year. Mm-hmm. Is it gonna be a, a bigger moment? Is it gonna be a better match?
2: Yes. It is. Yes. It's for b- sure. It's gonna be big time. It's it gonna is? be big time. Yeah. It's gonna be big time. Do you care it where- was it was a great moment last year. Yeah. Um but this year. I'm gonna win, and I'll be in the match. So it's already better.
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah. It's not gonna be Bianca's moment this it's year, is it? It's not gonna be Bianca's moment. You getting another moment. one, huh?
2: Yeah, baby. <laughs> I have held this for three years. Wait, did you? Were you implying that Bianca was going to win? No, I just talking about moments. We make movies, pal.
0: Like that's all. I was talking about moments.
2: It's the movie of my life, and in the movie of my life, I am the champion forever.
0: Well, you heard it here first. Thank you, Becky Lynch. And sorry to get you all riled up this early in the morning. 8 30 in the morning, and I'm already pissed. We'll carry it with you to Saturday. That's I'm a motivator. It's WrestleMania weekend, and look who's here, the savior of misbehavior, the voice of Monday Night Raw, Corey Graves, what's going on, what's the haps?
3: I think I've outgrown that moniker these days, I'm more like well-behaved Graves, Yeah, it's been a while since I've really gone off the rails or done anything to uh, to incur the wrath of, of the wrestling world, so...
0: I mean it's been pretty- like a few
3: weeks at least. <laughs> I mean I felt like on
0: literally this
3: week on raw they were like why is Corey so angry? I, I'm an angry guy. I've <laughs> yeah. got a lot I'm dealing with. This is Monday Night Raw is my catharsis. Yeah. I bottle it up all week uh-huh. and then I scream at everybody else. <laughs> and I just I, I channel my anger to, a, It's I don't know if it's positive, but I'm channeling it somewhere. As long as it gets out of
0: your system.
3: Right, right. I and, feel much less toxic. I sleep great at night.
0: You get Your family's probably in great shape. Yeah. Yeah. My so kids are happy. Like, yeah. You are married? Yeah. For God's sake. I've got a lot to be happy for. I feel like I know, even though I know you, I know more about, we all know more about your personal life than we probably should. Right. I mean, I've been, I've been keeping up with the podcast and everything, and I feel like your podcast, Bear With Us, has kind of, I don't want to say devolved, evolved into a literal therapy it's, it's session. It's therapy for, yeah, third party. But it, it's it, not like it's not like that, like, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to hash it out on the air. It's like, no, this is literally what you'd be telling a therapist. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, we our goal when we started it uh, was actually, I mean, it was just to cure our boredom, which is why we started it. And we went, wow, people are actually taking some of our advice. And then you start getting emails from people saying, oh, I discussed X, Y, Z with my husband, like you suggested, and it worked. And now we're better off, or I did this and I broke up with my boyfriend because he was toxic and I've never been happier. And it's like, I don't, I know we're wholly unqualified to do any of this stuff, but it's helping a few people. And now it's gotten to the point where it is uh, specifically over the past few weeks yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, Leah and I have not seen each other. I mean ships passing in the night, maybe a day here a day there but she's been pulling double duty with, you know, uh, Smackdown and Raw. So the life of a champion. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Damn her and her success. Yeah. Uh so so yeah, our our conversations to catch up with one another that most people would have on the couch or in bed, uh we're, we're now having in a, a podcast studio for the world to enjoy on YouTube. Because you're not going to talk about it otherwise because you want to see each other. That's true. Yeah, that, is, that <laughs> yeah. is it.
0: And the conversation has to happen. Do you when well, you're going into a WrestleMania, do you prepare differently for that show than any other show, or is that a show that you just allow the feels to take over, I try my
3: best to just live in the fields. Yeah. more often than not, uh, this year's going to be a bit of a different animal just because it's so big. It's two nights. Uh, Jimmy Smith's still getting acclimated to his commentary role, yes. so uh, and he's doing a great job. But he's, he's there's an acclimation period. First and, WrestleMania, hasn't been right. here that. Long so I'm, I have to prepare to shoulder a little bit more of the weight than I probably would have in years past. Uh, but that said, it, it, I get to be a fan for two days, and you can't screw that up. I may say the wrong thing, I may, you know, misidentify a, a, a stat or something, but y- you just feel it. You just get to be a fan. And I feel like WrestleMania is the one week, weekend uh, of the year where all of the, the toxicity that pervades wrestling fandom sort of just takes a little bit of a, of a break.
0: Yes. Yeah, somebody asked me this weekend, like, what's your favorite part of WrestleMania weekend? And I was like, well, you know, there's like the indie shows and there's Access and there's this Hall of Fame and everything going on, but there is something that once you're in that stadium and WrestleMania is happening, there's this realization like, oh, this is what everything's orbiting around. This is why everything's happening. This is why we're all here. And it makes sense.
3: It absolutely does. And it's really cool to just bump into people that you haven't seen for a while or, but just the energy is just so positive. Yeah. You know, even, even standard pay-per-view Monday Night Raw, you walk in, people are booing, people are mad you're running to people. Everyone's got a smile on their face here. I mean, from the, and the fans have been able to come from all over the, Globe again Because the pandemic Sort of You know back down enough To where This feels like Wrestlemania Should yes. feel this year
0: Yes absolutely You've known Roman Reigns For a long time Many moves Friends with him yes. For a long time How do you feel Seeing him Doing what he's doing now at the level That he's doing it.
3: It will always make me laugh And I will never forget it. We were at A birthday party I don't know if it was For Roman's daughter. I believe it was for Roman's daughter When we were in FCW. There was a bunch Of the boys. We were all sitting around. There, there's One photo that's still kind of floating around Of all of us sitting there. And we were out In the pool that day. And we are just talking Business. So we were all in FCW, which was The redheaded stepchild of WWE At the time. When you were in developmental down there I always use the analogy uh, It you're the aliens waiting for the claw in Toy Story. Right. Because you were just in this little box, and once in a blue moon, somebody would disappear and show up on Monday Night Raw. So uh, we, we, uh, we were sitting on the pool and Roman starts talking and he was talking grandiose like when I am on this level when I am I want to do a thing with Stone Cold I want to do a thing with the rock not like wow. hey guys wouldn't it be cool if someday can you imagine Wrestlemania Roman knew he knew back then wow what the future held and he has had that sort of confidence and now you can see it now uh, no one will argue this is the best Roman Reigns we've ever seen and he has truly the best anyone we've ever seen. He has. (laughs) He has achieved God mode. Yeah. But the coolest thing about it is he's known all along, which you have to respect the journey he's taken to get there. But while we're swimming around in a pool making 600 bucks a week in developmental, right? He knew
0: he was going to be that dude and now he is that dude. This is what it is. I love what you're doing because I know that you love uh, you love conversation and controversy. You love just getting people talking and one minute you're going like clearly I've I've gotten great at commentary and this isn't a world that I want to leave, but at the same time, you're like, "Yeah, I'm cleared." And then every now and then, a little tweet goes out. Hey, what's up, Seth? Hey, what's up, McAfee? Hey, what's-? anytime there's like an open WrestleMania match, it's like, "Hey, what's up?" No, I'm happy commentating. What do you mean, guys? Hey, what hey do you, mean? you know, just, just just enough blood in the water to get
3: everybody kind of coming to the surface. I've debated quite a few times just rolling in the ring and pointing at the sign because <laughs> apparently that's all it takes. Right. You just point at the sign. Right. Excuse me. And you get a you get a WrestleMania match. Right. So I try. I thought about doing that. Mm-hmm. I I haven't done it. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Maybe I'll show up on SmackDown tonight and just, you know, I'll point at Cole and then at the sign, (laughs) and then there will be no commentary on Sunday because Cole and McAfee will be busy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I, I I do. I like to keep people stirred up and and I I derive pleasure from from working up the internet from time to time. But I'm just taking it as it comes to me. I got cleared because it was something that was important to me just to know for sure after seeing Edge and and Daniel Bryan and Christian all come back from similar situations. And just, I've always wondered and I got my answer. Now I have my answer. It's like, well, what do I do with it? Five years ago, I would have said, well, I'm getting back in the ring. I'm ordering new boots. Let's get ready to go. I've got myself a pretty good gig now.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, you got pretty good at it. I know. Damn me and my Ah. success. I'm a victim of my own success. Although, I was reading on Twitter, you're actually not. I'm the worst. <laughs> Very
3: bad. Yeah, at I'm, it, I'm, I'm terrible at my job. I just have bamboozled, you know, the, the a, a billion dollar company. I was going to say the the guy who pretty much invented our business, <laughs> the, the way
0: we know it yes. now. I've bamboozled him, yeah. so I feel like well, I should get a, a reward for that. That guy doesn't know. He's never done no, commentary. No, he's yeah. never, he's never, he's never done commentary. Is there something that you're looking forward to calling at WrestleMania? Edge and AJ.
3: I, I use this analogy as I'm sure you've revealed to your listeners that we are on Radio Row here. And I've been asked this question about 11 times. And I've answered it the same way each time. I wish you would give me a little something different. No, I'm giving you the same canned so response. Because this is, no, this, listen, just stop cutting. You're not being a very becoming host right now, Sam. You set me up. Let me take my swing. WrestleMania 3. <laughs> WrestleMania 3, what does everybody remember? Hogan, Hulk Hogan, body slamming Andre the Giant. That's Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns to the wrestling fans. What do the wrestling fans remember about WrestleMania 3?
0: The 6-person tag with the little people. I don't even know yeah. why I try with you. I I yes, <laughs> had to make it different. <laughs> you did, you did. Of course, Savage and Steamboat.
3: Savage and Come Steamboat. On. Come on. I have a feeling and this is just me as a wrestling fan saying uh, best case scenario. Brock and Roman's going to be what people are talking about f- for the immediate future. I think Edge and AJ might be something that people
0: talk about for a generation. And Corey Graves will be at ringside with his mind doll, just like George the Animal Steel. Oh my God, will I ever? <laughs> just to capture that moment. Graves, I can't wait to hear you on the call. Maybe you'll be pointing at the sign at some point. <laughs>
3: It's fantastic. You're I'll, doing I mean, great things. I'll have a green tongue, one way or another. <laughs>
0: either way, just for either way. Continuity. And either way, oh yeah. And once this is all over, congratulations on the fact that you got a Thank wedding. Thank you. Yes. Yes. No WrestleMania. What for the is weary. it with you? You and uh, Daniel Bryan did the same thing. Why do people think that like right after WrestleMania is the perfect time to get married? I will give you
3: a finite answer for this uh-huh. because for a talent, it's the easiest window of the year to get two weeks off because everything's sort of being reset and refocused of and course. recalibrated for the post-WrestleMania run. Of course. So when uh, she found out she wanted to do it,
0: we did it. Right after WrestleMania. Well, boom. There it is. Big things happening in Corey Graves' life. What an exciting time. Thank you for giving us just a few moments of that time.
3: You are more than
0: welcome. You're always welcome.
4: Appreciate
0: it. It's a very, very busy WrestleMania weekend, especially, mm. for Rhea Ripley. Yes. What's the haps, Rhea Ripley?
4: Oh, you know, a bit of everything, a bit of media, a bit of gym time, a bit of SmackDown.
0: Yeah, there'll be some wrestling in there somewhere, Everything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> everything happening all at once. This has got to be such a polar opposite, thinking back to your first WrestleMania. Yes. And, like, being in that ring. What was that like? I've been curious about that for a long time, to, like have this moment being built up built up coming from NXT and everything and then it's like hey this thing it's gonna get a lot harder now because there's not gonna be an audience
4: man it was heartbreaking I remember going to the stadium and walking around and getting so excited over it and then I'm not even joking like the next day I started hearing that Wrestlemania might get cancelled so I was messaging people and I was like it's not getting cancelled is it Like, I just went to the stadium yesterday like please tell me it's still going and then it was like two days later like yeah we're moving it to the performance centre and then my heart sank because like I just I really wanted to have that Wrestlemania moment and right. it was still cool like I'm not taking anything away from it and it was like real cool to sort of be a part of that history making event as well um, that being my first one too which is wild and that was my first time competing in front of the no crowd right like my first ever time because last time I was out there in the ring in front of people was the NXT appreciation night and apart from that I was doing backstage stuff up until my Mania match wow so it was insane I remember I was like getting ready to go out for my entrance and my music started playing and they shoved me out there they're like yeah you can't walk like wait for your queue. you have to go out straight away because there's no crowd And I was like, what do you mean? So I just started pacing on the stage and I'm waiting for my cue to do my stomp. It was so awkward.
0: Stomp now. Uh, okay. I was
4: like, I don't know what to do. The stage is like this big.
0: But it's just like your first WrestleMania. It's nobody. And then you also have to like just assume people will react, are going to be reacting to this. I don't know
4: what they like. And also, like, I'm not from Raw or SmackDown. So they don't really know who I am, some of
0: them. So I'm like, it's a lot of confidence to just be like, I'm sure they're happy. To see me, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I hope you're cheering for me. (laughs) Probably, I'm the good guy. Um, and then you go. A year later, you got a big moment at WrestleMania with the half stadium. Yes. So it's almost like baby steps getting you to this place it where is. like, and I feel like you've gotten to a place with Liv where, where there's so much fan momentum behind yeah. both of you. Like so many fans just want to see, I think, the best for you guys. Yeah. Um, do you feel that when you are kind of out there?
4: Yeah, yeah. And that's all I've seen on social media too. Um, but I definitely feel it. Like as soon as we walk out there, they can see the chemistry and they see that we get along and we have fun together and I think it makes everyone else enjoy their time as well knowing that like we're out there having a bowl and having fun and I think the best part is the parts that people don't get to see that watch it on TV where in the ad breaks like if we do our entrance before the ad break we're out there having fun yeah and it's what the crowd get to see that are there live in attendance and sometimes they do like the DX cam and like (laughs) we'll be in the ring just like doing the (laughs) sucking and just like mucking around the whole time but it's cool because then they get to see us having fun and then they're into it more and then they film it and they document it they put it on social media and people see that and they get to Learn and know us on a different level yeah. as well, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, the chemistry is definitely there with Liv and
0: I. And not, I, see, I mean, with all this stuff going on, you're so busy, you're doing all these interviews, and you're keeping uh-huh. your shoulders. Did massive. I mean, you're... I'm very wide. ...shoulders are incredible. Like, there are people... I've talked to people in, like, weightlifting gyms, specifically about you, and they're like, holy... And then you turn around, and you're back and everything, and they're yeah. like, how? How? I don't
4: know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a genetic thing.
0: I mean, it's awesome. I mean, it's, I
4: do work hard, too, but, like,
0: it's ridiculous at this point. It's insane.
4: Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I did shoulders yesterday, and it was the crappiest workout.
0: <laughs> and they just responded
4: th- Yeah my arms just They grow My stomach doesn't do anything My legs don't do anything But my upper body man Like just straight away Like I I pinky lift like a weight And I'm like <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. And I think that's the secret too That a lot of people don't know about Like weightlifting Like a lot of people will like Try to get big biceps or whatever But yeah.
4: you got big shoulders man You don't need anything else As long it, else. as you're good from here up you Back good. and shoulders bro
0: it's, it's the number one That's the lesson Back and shoulders <laughs> Back bro and shoulders. It's the number one And you earn it <laughs> (laughs) from somebody who's got a bag and shoulders. (laughs) Maria Ripley. Jesus. I hope you put a championship title on that shoulder.
4: I can't. It doesn't fit around. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to do the whole clip thing and it doesn't work. I'm your too sho- wide. Your sho-
0: I guess I just wear around my waist. My shoulders <laughs> are too big. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, congratulations on that. Thank
4: you. Thank <laughs> and you. on
0: WrestleMania. Thank you, Rhea. No worries. Thanks, <laughs> mate. <laughs> it's WrestleMania weekend and we are collecting general content today <laughs> <laughs> with the one and only Sami Zayn. Sami, it's yeah. been a while. What's the haps?
5: Well, Johnny Knoxville's uh, ruined my life. Yeah. And now we're a day away or two days away from me finally getting revenge.
0: I have to be honest. There was a part of me that was like, maybe if I call Sammy and he picks up... I just get them on my podcast that way. I just record the phone call. And I mean, you wouldn't have got the best version of me because
5: it would have been a very frantic. Why are you calling? Stop calling this number. My,
0: my, my favorite <laughs> a lot part of, of that. My favorite part of this whole process has been. I had no idea that you brought your cell phone to the ring and left the ringer on.
5: Well, that was actually an accident. Ring. That was. I, I was answering so many calls. Yeah. And I was doing a show. I don't even know where. Did a live event, and I was on my way to the ring, and all of a sudden I feel the vibration. Which, at first, I was like, there can't, that can't be. Right. Because I was getting so many calls that I was starting to feel phantom vibrations. I don't know if you've ever had that. Oh, yeah. Where you think your phone's ringing. So, the phone was ringing so much, it was actually affecting my central nervous system is what was happening. Oh, my God. So, I thought I was just getting the shakes, but then I realized the phone was in my pocket. Uh, and I lost the match at night. So, once again, I blame Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Um,
6: yeah I but, yeah, too. you know,
5: it's my phone, and that's the thing a lot of people don't, they think it's like, uh, when I answer, they're absolutely shocked. That's actually been if there's been one thing that's been mildly enjoyable yeah is is some of the reactions when I actually answer and they think they see it's actually my phone number have been pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, Especially I- when it's like some little kid hello? <laughs> is this is Sami Zayn Oh my god it's actually you it's actually your number <laughs> and you're like yes yeah well so and you know a lot of times I'll start off that way yeah. but I'll admit one or two of the fans have broken me when you know they're just I can't I can't go in on them if yeah. they're sweet little kids yeah. or sometimes you know I've had some people who are like look, I'm, I've been doing really bad but I've been watching your show and it really cheers me up that kind, really the, nice. the kind of thing yeah so I'll be like Hello, how'd you even get this number stop calling like hey I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan I've been watching I'm in the hospital I'm like oh my god well look um, yes. look thanks for calling uh,
4: <laughs> you know what
1: I mean I I
5: yeah I yeah, yeah, me yeah I actually I do appreciate the kind words it's not you I'm mad at it's Johnny Knoxville he's responsible for those look, get better. Thank you. Thanks is, for being a fan.
0: It is good that you posted some of that stuff on your account just so people realize like how much this is affecting you. Because I think at first people thought it was one of those like weird celebrity, hey fans, text me things. That yeah, are not yeah. Real. I, people
5: thought a lot of the calls that I answer, uh, they, they thought it was just gonna go to voicemail or a, a hotline or like right. an automated message. So that's why one again those, they're, like, they're old, so shocked that it's actually my number.
0: Those old school hotlines when like the undertaker would sing you <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. and, and,
5: and Did that like happen?
0: That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, the WWE had a hotline messaging service. Well, so I remember it, that, Undertaker. but
5: I, I had no idea Undertaker would sing yeah, you a uh, birthday. 100% would wow. sing happy
0: birthday. If yep. I find them, I'll yeah, because, him, I'll ask about uh, that. Yeah, because one of the, uh, I believe it was uh, Jerry Lawler who got Helen Hart a happy birthday call from Undertaker. That's pretty funny. Undertaker. That's it was a good bet. It was good. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's
5: really funny. I'm the connection
0: now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really funny. <laughs> so... Uh, did you think, when, when did, like, in your process with WWE, right? Because yeah. when you started in WWE, it was more like, hey, here's Sammy, he's the underdog, like, yeah. let's fight, let's go, everybody, and at some point, like, that super entertaining side of you came out, and I feel like you've developed into one of these people that kind of can go with what you feel and you're very trusted, it seems like, in terms of, of doing what you do. Was there something that happened that turned that corner for you or was it a gradual thing or?
5: Uh, yeah, I th- well, so that's a pretty loaded question here, but because um, there's, there's factors that I could control and there's factors that are out of my control, and some of that is just timing and when the right person sees the right thing yeah. that makes that connection. As you know, sometimes that's how it works here, right? Yeah. So I think for a long time, um, just having those matches and being that character and whatever, it'll only get you so far uh, with regards to like microphones and storylines. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and then with enough repetition and uh and success a decent success rate that that starts to get handed to you more and more so i think that's also why i've been in such a good place mentally with wwe for the last couple of years is i don't feel like i'm uh i don't feel like i have to beg or like knock down doors to just get opportunities i feel like i don't want to say i'm handed great opportunities but i'm handed something
0: but you also recognize it right like the idea that like this johnny knoxville thing is Awesome. It's incredible.
5: I I am having the time of my life with it. It, uh, It's... You know, as an artist, I suffer from my craft, so dealing with the phone calls... <laughs> not great, <laughs> yeah, not great, yeah, not a yeah. great
0: thing. Not but a great but thing.
5: that's commitment, is what it is. Um, so all this to say, creatively, it's been very, very stimulating. Obviously, I have a lot of negative things to say about Johnny Knoxville, and and uh, I don't know how much time you have, but I could, all, all, I mean, all day. He's a scumbag. Right, Yeah. ruined my life. Anyway, not, we'll gloss over that for a moment, yeah. but only to say if I strictly look at it as a performer now... Uh, it's been very, 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 uh, goodness, refreshing and different and creatively stimulating because he's not a normal wrestler. Right. And he's not even a normal celebrity. Right. (laughs) So you can do some things really, really creatively to build a match in a way that you never normally would. If I'm wrestling Kofi Kingston or I'm doing a, a rivalry with Seth Rollins... We're not gonna, he's not gonna post my phone number over to the city of LA. Would make sense. Right. Like it's, you know, the, 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 a wrestling rivalry is confined to the parameters of a wrestling storyline. With Johnny Knoxville, that, that wall is kicked down. So all of a sudden, I'm showing up at his movie premiere. He's doing this stunt with the plane and answering phone calls on social media. All these, all these out of the box elements that you don't normally do. So it's been very creative. Creatively stimulating to do all these things that you don't ever get an opportunity to do within the framework of a wrestling television show.
0: Yeah, well, I got to let you. I got to release you. you. Got a lot of uh, people that want to talk to you about. You everything got another has Let's do one more. Going on in your life. I, I want to know about the podcast thing. Like, like I, I, I love that you turned the sort of standard in-ring mm-hmm. interview segment into a podcast because I also feel like
5: as a podcaster, as a po- well, because <laughs> you feel a little shout out. I is feel what's a little going shout out, <laughs> and I feel, you feel like represented.
0: I'm, I'm in that world, and so like I see the things that you're doing and I'm like this is a guy who listens to podcasts. Clearly this is you're you're kind of directing the conversation the way a podcaster would and I think that a lot of people wouldn't get that.
5: Well, so the thing about that is it didn't go nearly... It's We haven't even scratched the surface on what I want to do with the podcast mm-hmm. because Johnny Knoxville stepped in and ruined my life. So, I haven't had time to actually focus my efforts on the Insane Podcast, but my idea was to actually put out the podcast every single week.
0: As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's what needs to happen.
5: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and without giving away too much of what's going on in my brain or how I want to present it, no matter what happens, the podcast goes out. So, whether it's three minutes, whether it's whatever Ever happens yeah. on the show is what gets put out. Yeah. And I think it would probably do kind of well because people's attention spans are short. Yeah, yeah And, yeah. you know, it's a three-minute podcast or right. whatever, and you're gonna de- post it everywhere. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it never really took off the ground because of this whole Knoxville thing. But I don't think you've seen the last of, of the insane podcast, um, and you know I, another element of it that I personally really like is the idea of always wanting to steer the podcast <laughs> towards a really philosophical or intellectual conversation about profound issues. But of course, something happens where it never never quite takes takes off. Just being in that world, there are so many people that
0: want control of their show and just can't go with the flow of where yeah. the show is going there no no, no we're talking about this we're yeah, talking yeah. it's just like it's so funny yeah, um it's
5: a play on that
0: of, i love yeah, it yeah, yeah. i love it i hope that you destroy thank Johnny you knoxville, thanks for the support end him once and for all yeah and we can get back to the podcast yeah. and and expanding <laughs> yeah. your, your as brand. a podcaster yeah. let's focus
5: on what really matters <laughs> yeah get rid of knoxville and come back yeah
0: all and right. one of these days we gotta sit down for like Yeah, yeah, hours and just get into that brain of yours. I'll
5: come to New York. I'll do your show. Let's do it. I love it. Thank you, Sammy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: It's WrestleMania weekend, and this area just got a lot more masculine (laughs) because Imperium is here. What's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, WrestleMania weekend. We're excited for it. What I I feel like you guys have accomplished a lot in the sense that you've maintained this style. That isn't necessarily something that we've seen a lot of in WWE traditionally. And this is something that you were able to introduce not only to NXT, but then kind of evolve and find a place for an NXT 2.0. Has that been rewarding?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what we always wanted to do. Um, And I think also that's what makes us special because it's authentic. We're not like acting or playing something that's... Who we are and what we believe we should do. Yeah.
0: Was there any kind of worry when it was like, okay, NXT is going to change. It's, it's going to be a little bit different. That that Imperium wouldn't fit as well as they clearly do. I think we never
7: really um, lost belief in ourselves or anything like that because I, I think we always uh, made sure to push each other to the absolute limit, and uh, I think we always made sure that there's a certain progression. And um, And I also know that we all always knew that what we do is authentic, is real, and um, I think people understand that. People do understand, maybe it's subconscious, maybe it is not, but people know if you're playing an act or if you're actually authentic. And what we're doing over here is uh, pretty much what we've been doing before we signed with WWE. And it worked over there. And it does work over here because people do understand what we're saying and I think they do understand that what we're saying is also what we believe in and what we stand for. And um, it is such a... Such a pleasure to not having to um, play an act or, like, you know, yeah, be yeah. that character that you're actually not are. And I think if you look at the history of wrestling, the most successful um, sports entertainers in our history are the ones who were pretty much themselves. If you look at Austin, if you look at Rock, if you look at all those guys, Triple H, all those guys, they were pretty much an over exaggerated version of themselves. And I think we're very, very uh, fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, and I think there is a thing, too, where uh, it's, it's been part of wrestling forever, but Maybe not quite as much now. If people think that you can break them in real life, like if if I approached any of you in a bar, I'm not winning that fight right? And when you go on TV, I don't think anybody thinks any of you are playing tough guy. Well, I right? think that's the, the key word, like the guys mentioned, it's authenticity. You know what I mean? We don't have to play anything and like,
5: I think that's how uh, people can relate to us through that and cameras don't lie. So I think that's really one of the reasons why we've been as successful and everything's going the way it does. And
0: uh, we keep doing that from here on out because obviously it's it's uh, the right thing to do. So there's a thing uh, with wrestling fans that I find where where the people that, that, that watch this stuff the most and are the biggest fans also kinda think like, Oh, we know what's going on, we're the smartest, but then there always there's always those people that they're like, Oh no, he's real. Yeah. Like and that kind of legend and that lore and even within the business you start seeing like, oh no, that's real and you're realizing that like there are these even though if you're not playing characters, these characters that are kinda like, you know, The Undertaker a little bit, Brock Lesnar a little bit. Right. And I think Gunther Fits right in there in that conversation. Do you do you like that, that that this presentation that you put in the ring is something that kind of carries with you? I mean, obviously, I
1: liked it because that was that's what I was aiming for. Like, I think a while ago somebody asked me, "What do you want to be in the ring?" I just want to be like when I go to the ring, I want people to go like, "Oh damn!" And now it's on, and I think I think that's a positive thing. So obviously, that's uh, what I'm aiming for.
0: So. It seems to work out.
7: I think that works, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I think that works pretty well.
0: (laughs) Was there any hesitation in evolving to a new name? Uh, No, not really.
1: Because if you look at careers of wrestlers, nobody keeps their name their whole career. And I think Gunther compared to Walter before, it's pretty similar. And uh, Walter is a very old German name. Mm -hmm. Gunther is too. If it would be the other way around, the opera would have been the same. I think it's just people not being able to like deal with change sometimes and yeah but change is part of life and
0: I mean clearly Gunther can whoop that ass just as well right <laughs> I, think, I think if we've learned anything that seems to be clear yeah do you have do you guys have a favorite uh match that you've had in NXT NXT 2.0 whatever it is because you guys as a team have just evolved so immensely over the last few years to the point now you're on top of the mountain is there a, is there a standout team that you've worked with or a specific match
7: Man, you know what? Um, You just said it. We um, we went through so many stages, like even like NXT, and it's not only the transition from uh, Black and Gold to 2.0, but like even within Black and Gold, there were so many stages we had to go through. Obviously, like leaving your country, leaving your family, coming over to like different country, new culture, all that kind of stuff. Um, Trying to make a name of yourself, pretty much restarting it because we all were uh, working for like a solid amount of years before, but it's like a restart, you know, and um, being able to start over again and like constantly transitioning into like all those changes and all that you know you it is tough but I think we all mastered that pretty well favorite matches man there are so many first thing I thought about was actually not because the match was my favorite but because we went through a war that night was definitely worst collide against uh, the armistice era I gotta say so many things um, happened there that we couldn't really um, plan or figure out uh, how to do or how to solve them but we all did it. Great job! I feel like saving that uh, that night. Um, that's definitely a war I'm always going to remember. But um, I think for us personally, maybe our second uh, title win against MSK. Um, was special for us not even just because of the match but finally um, we got the recognition of the people there right We the first time we uh, won the championships was during Corona so it was like an empty arena and everything right and um, that was the first time where people actually like stood up for us um, no matter what we we're doing in the ring or what we're portraying in the ring or whatever they just got up and said hey you deserve this because you've been here over five years and you worked your rear ends off and uh, that was something I get goosebumps talking about because that was something Something that we've been working for a very, very long time, and that moment finally um, getting that recognition and uh, raising those titles once again um, in the best shape of our lives at yes. that point was just amazing. And I get, like yeah. I said, I get goosebumps thinking about it.
0: Well, I'd imagine you're all in the best shape of your lives right now. I mean, look at this. This is discipline. Yeah. The ring is sacred. This is Imperium. I'm excited for what we're going to see at stand and Deliver this weekend and and everything going forward. Thanks, guys. Thank you very, Thank much. You very much. Oh, baby.
6: Yeah. Can you? believe that?
0: I can't believe it. We're here, Jimmy Hart, Wrestlemania, and you're a guy, I mean, you've seen a lot of Wrestlemanias in your time. Ooh. Do you have, you know, this weekend aside, do you have a favorite Wrestlemania memory that you were a part of?
6: Well, number one, Wrestlemania number one in New York City was very important to me because if it had not been successful, we wouldn't be having Wrestlemania 38 now. Am I right or wrong? 100% right. I mean, that was the make or break, right? Yeah, it was a big one.
0: What was your, what, what was the, the favorite thing that you did at a wrestle? WrestleMania.
6: Well, uh, one of the favorites was WrestleMania three, really, in uh, front of ninety three thousand something people at uh, it comes to Detroit, of course. Yeah. But I went out with the Heart Foundation, came back, changed jackets, went out with the Honky Tonk Man, came back, changed jackets, and went out with Agent Adonis. Came back, sat down, changed jackets, and I got to watch the main event with Hogan and uh, the Andre the Giant. So that was a great moment for me.
0: Man, what a time that must have been! You like as many people as you were representing, and was it your idea to have different jackets? for everybody it's a lot to travel with
6: well you know I took a lot of bumps and a lot of people think if you get beat up on every match pretty soon you won't be worth anything mm-hmm. you know people go well I don't care about seeing him getting hit but I thought if I put a different jacket on with each person <laughs> I went with I was a different character <laughs> put a little freeze and shine on the hair and next thing you know Paul Mitchell and next thing you know buddy I'm back and rocking you must have taken pride too I feel like you did years of people
0: thrilled to see you get knocked down. I mean, I also thought, you know, I maybe, this is the same thinking, right? That like, you can only do the megaphone trick so many times, right? How many times can you throw the megaphone in, get hit with it, do the thing? Nasty boys come along helmet. Brilliant.
6: Wanted to change a little bit. I said, instead of using the megaphone, let's use the helmet. Alright, sounds great! So We had another run, baby. Yeah. Went, in, went in those belts, whether it was the megaphone or the helmet. We kept the dream alive. Do you uh, do you ever give people advice, do you give younger
0: guys advice on just little tweaks they can make that can all of a sudden extend a run the way you did?
6: Absolutely not, because they're so good already, especially the guys that work for this company. They're so good already. I think if I did that, I'd be stepping over my boundaries. So, I'd rather them to come see Jimmy Hart and go let's say hello to Jimmy and not go I don't want to get around Jimmy already. I'll give us all this questions about you should do this and do that you know right I'm old school but I'm new school too yeah no that, and and it's good that you embrace I like that song a little bit country but a little bit rock and roll little bit and rock, roll. rock and roll yeah yeah the Osmonds um, do you have a favorite theme song that you created well sexy boy and I'll tell you why I just saw on Spotify that over the years it's had 10,200,000 hits <laughs> can you believe that it's amazing Shawn Michaels sang it it's did so you ever amazing. hear the the version that kurt angle and sensational sherry did sexy I, kurt i like that yeah I it's great it pretty
0: darn good right it's great isn't it amazing when you're creating those songs and even moments like at a WrestleMania? i'm sure that you don't know at the time that this is going to be something that lasts forever and here we are i mean you're talking about wrestlemania 1 38 years later generations removed there's a fam and it's still like these things that you did even at wrestlemania 3. Live forever.
6: Well, you know what's kept us alive too is our network. You know, people get to see all the old matches that we had, and they still kind of go see you now, and they still have merchandise on us action figures. that just saw a new one today. Mattel's putting out in a I couple of months, and so I looked at that and I went, "Wow, that's great!" Because you know the new generation, the kids growing up now, they'll go by and, and uh, see those in the Targets and WalMarts and all the other stores. So I'm very blessed. Well, Jimmy, I love that you're still a part of it. Me too. i Love seeing you, man. Love you, baby. And uh, yeah, you're
0: the man. It's Jimmy Hart. Come on.
1: Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam.